Well, good afternoon again. How's everybody doing today? Good. All right. Well, that's like three or four of you. How's everybody doing today? Awesome. All right. Well, first and foremost, a uh, couple practical things. Just to mention, we want to release the youth to head back over. So Paul and any of our uh, students, if you guys just want to head out, you can slip out now. A bunch of them were in watching uh, some of their fellow uh, friends and uh, fellow students get baptized, which was awesome today. So we'll give them a second to come out. You guys saw, obviously, the highlight we're putting on Join the Team Month. Everybody say, Join the Team. So the focus this month, well, one of the focuses, we've got several different layers, but it's inviting people and encouraging people to join the team and to get plugged in here at Toronto City Church in serving in ministry. And so what we've done is we're mentioning it in service, we're going to highlight a different area each week, but outside, as Pastor Sharon already mentioned, there's going to be tables uh, focused on different areas where you can go and you can learn more. So you can ask questions, you can learn more about the ministry, you can learn more about how you could potentially be involved, you actually can get information if you're ready to sign up and you just want to get a volunteer application, we have a link for you to do that as well so we can get you set up and taken care of. But we're really excited, everything that happens here at Toronto City Church is because of people weekly and throughout the week who give of their time. Everything that goes on here. There's so much that happens here. And we want you to know that there's a place at the table for you. Sometimes people look around and they think, well, it seems like they've got everything covered, so they really don't need me necessarily. Trust me, we need everybody involved. And even where things are covered, sometimes there's people in our church who are doing like double and triple shifts to cover certain things. And you getting involved is going to help take some of the load off them. And really, it's about all of us working together. And there's some really powerful things that happen in your life when you get involved and when you serve. So join the team, get out and check out the tables. Any other questions, let us know. Secondly, I wanted to give you an update, a good report to you from our legacy offering last week. So last week, we took up our annual legacy offering. And I'm glad to let you know that we currently, and it's still rising, have 30, uh, over $32,000 given or pledged. So we can thank God for that, amen. And so that's great. Uh, what I did want to mention today, though, is I know that even though we had a lot of people here last week, there were a number of people who were still away as well. So if you'd still like to get an offering in for Legacy, you can do that. Please just give through all the ways we give and just mark very clearly my Legacy offering. If you would like to make a pledge, then we have the pledge cards that are available, or there's an online version of that as well that we will email out just in our weekly reminders to everyone. And so you can make a pledge, and it can be over the next several months, it can be through the rest of the year, whatever works for you. But we're thankful for all that's come in. Thank you to everybody who did give and so. And again, if you'd still like to, you can jump on board. And the last but not least, I just want to make sure I give a shout out to this Saturday. Everybody say this Saturday. Saturday. Gentlemen, we are having our bacon and brotherhood men's breakfast. So there's going to be brotherhood. There's going to be bacon. It's going to be good. So make sure you sign up online and we're going to make sure that we have everything ready to go. But let's dive into the Word of God today. I want to share a message with you. I'm going to be going a little shorter just because we obviously took some time for the baptism. But wasn't that great today? I mean, I love it so much. Uh, Especially, I mean, I, I have a little extra emphasis for me because, as Pastor Sharon mentioned, our daughter got baptized, so that was a very special day for us as a family. But again, I, I've said it several times, I want to say it again. Being baptized is a very important part of your journey of discipleship and following Jesus. And so if you've not been baptized yet, we're, 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 open to, we're doing it every month. And so you can plug in, and you can get baptized, and you can go public your faith. And I know sometimes it can maybe be a little scary for some people, or they're trying to picture, like, I don't want to get up 
and go on the tank and have to talk in front of everybody and that kind of freaks you out. But let me say this, on one level that's kind of part of the point. And what I mean by that is usually anything significant in your life, if there's a real significant milestone or significant moment, it's often significant because it's public, because it means something to you. It's not usually done in hidden or in secret. You know, maybe somebody think, well, man, can I just get baptized in my bathtub and maybe I'll just baptize myself? And no, there's something about going public in front of other people. So I really just want to encourage you and invite you, if you've not yet been baptized, sign up. Pastor Jerry, we do a course, we'll walk you through it. Maybe you're thinking, I don't know what I'm going to say. Listen, we can have some conversations so you feel comfortable and uh, just so you can feel comfortable with that, but we're really excited for that. So here's what we want to focus on today. We're starting a new series connected for the rest of this month, and it's entitled Deeper Mission. Everybody say Deeper Mission. Oh, come on. That was like five of you, and I can hear Stephen right from the center. Everybody say Deeper Mission. There we go, great. I mean, I know Stephen's got that deep baritone voice, so it's easy to hear him, but I need you guys, don't, don't leave Stephen hanging there, all right? So deeper mission. Now, just a little bit of kind of connecting some dots for us and why I want to tie into this. Last week, we finished up our series, Deeper, uh, deeper Impact on a Legacy 2022. And in last week's message, I spent some real time talking to you about what we call the Great Commission, or Jesus' commandment to go into all the world and to go into every world with the gospel. So that really was in my mind and that was in my heart. And then this week, being Baptism Sunday and having nine people go public. I don't remember the last time we had nine people on a Sunday going public with their faith. And I loved it. I loved it from young to old, people going public and again, declaring their faith in Jesus Christ. So I was really, you know, chewing on this, okay, we've been talking about the Great Commission, we're talking about today's important and a special day because we have these baptisms happening, and it really, in my mind and heart, really tied into this whole theme of talking about the mission of Jesus. Everybody say the mission of Jesus. And so I want to do is I want to talk to you today, and we're going to talk some more this month about the mission of Jesus. We're going to talk about going deeper in the mission of God. Uh, again, a lot of you would be familiar, but our word for this year has been deeper. And our word this year is just saying on every level that God is taking us deeper. God wants to take you deeper. And I want to encourage you, don't, don't settle for just sitting on the sidelines. Don't settle for just sitting on the edge of the pool. Let God take you deeper in 2022. And so we're tying that then to talking about mission. Now, at the beginning here, I want to lay a bit of a foundation and then we'll pray. There's a tension that I feel, it's not a bad tension, I think it's a good tension, but there's a bit of a tension of truth that I feel is really important that we are aware of or we understand right now. Let me explain what I mean by this. Right now, for many of us, we are in a season where God is doing a work of healing and strengthening and restoration in our life. I know we, uh, we just had a, a bunch of our team in here yesterday. We did a team encounter for people who volunteer and people who serve and help lead in Toronto City Church. And we were doing a lot of ministry with people. And we were really doing ministry and ministering to hearts. It's a season where many of us, because of what we've gone through over the past couple of years on multiple levels, it's a season where we need God to bring a fresh healing. We need God to bring a fresh encouragement. We need God to build us up because some of us feel like we've gotten very broken down in the season. That is very good. That is very important. And that is very necessary. So we want to continue to lean into that. We want to continue to push and allow God to heal us. But some of you I know are wondering, say, okay, but where is the tension here? The tension with that is this, 
It's very good and important that God is taking us deeper in these areas of healing and ministering to our hearts and growing. But the challenge is this. Sometimes in those seasons where God is taking us deeper in that, it's very easy for us to become very insular, for us to become very focused on ourselves, and for everything to revolve around our needs and what we need God to do in our life. Now hear me. We need God to bring healing and restoration and encouragement in our hearts. I'm not taking away from that one bit. But in the middle of it, we've got to make sure that we still recognize that not only does God want to do some things in us, but God also wants to do some things through us. Come on, somebody tell your neighbor God wants to do things in you. Come on, tell your neighbor God wants to do things in you. But tell them he also wants to do things through you. In other words, guys, yes, we need healing. We need strengthening. We need encouragement. Again, I am not taking away from that one iota today. But how many of you know that there's some other people in the world around us that need that healing and that encouragement and that life as well? How many know that there's other people around us and they need God's love. They need a touch from him. And how many of you know that many of them don't even know that it is available or that it is there for them? And so the tension becomes, even as we're talking about deeper mission, is not that we stop healing and being ministered to ourselves and allowing God to work in us, but that in the middle of that, we still have a heart and we still grow and we still push ourselves to say, how God's pouring this into me. Who can I give this away to? Who can I share this with? How can I engage or connect with the mission of Jesus? Everybody say the mission of Jesus. And so this month, in the middle of God continuing to do healing and growing us and restoring us, I want to stir your heart. I want to challenge you a bit. I want to encourage you. I want to build you up in a fresh way about getting involved in the mission of Jesus. So let's pray. Let's take this to the Lord, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about it. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be here to worship Thank you for the opportunity we have to be here in community. Thank you for all the people who got baptized and all the amazing things that you're, you're, you're doing in their lives. And Father, we pray today, just even as we start this new series and we talk about deeper mission and we talk about the mission of Jesus, I pray for each one of us that you will just speak to our hearts and that we will grow today and that we will move forward today in this. We will go deeper in this in the name of Jesus. And everyone who agreed with me said... Amen. So let's talk about the mission of Jesus. Couple initial thoughts when I hit you, even when we talk about the mission of Jesus and why does this matter? Why is this important? First and foremost, I want to ask you this question. How many people in here are Christians? All right, we've got the majority of our hands up. If you're not a Christian yet and you're here, that's totally okay. We're glad you're here with us and we're glad you're kind of experiencing faith, experience about. But you know, the vast majority, if it's not all of us in this room, would say we're Christians. Well, what are we saying when we say we're Christians? Well, the word Christian actually is found first in the book of Acts, and it literally means a Christ-like one. That's what Christian means. Christian means a Christ-like one. Everybody say Christ-like one. And so as Christians, our goal is to be like him. Our goal is to follow him. Our goal is to walk with him. That's the whole point of being a disciple. Being a disciple means that we are trying to follow in his footsteps or we are trying to be like him. Everybody say, just like him. 
That's the whole point of being a Christian. So in that, just as an initial thought, if I'm going to be a Christian, then one of the things I want to know, if my goal is to be like Jesus, if my goal is to follow Jesus, then I want to know what is the mission of Jesus? What was Jesus all about? What was Jesus trying to do? What was Jesus wanting to accomplish? Because if I'm going to be like him, how many know I'm going to want to follow the same things and I'm going to want to try to accomplish the same things? And so that's the whole point of being a Christian. Uh, Furthermore, if we look at the Holy Spirit and his work in our lives, one of the key things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in us is transform us so we can be more like Jesus. That's the whole point. It's about transformation to be like him. And I was thinking about it as I was preparing this message. You know, nowadays, I mean, I don't know. It probably just depends what circle you're in. But I thought, you know what? We don't hear as many messages as we need to, I think, about just the importance of walking like Jesus, of being like him, of having this desire and say, I want to be like him. You know, there's this old song I remember we used to sing growing up, I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you. I want to be a vessel you work through. I want to be more like you. Anybody remember that song? I'm not going to try and sing it right now. So it's all, I can see a lot of you kind of look at me and say, I'm not so sure about the song. Or maybe you're trying to put the tune in your head to the song. But you know, there was this heart that says, I want to be more like you. I'm daily on a journey of becoming more like Jesus. I'm not just using faith to improve my life or using faith to try and get what I want, I'm actually walking daily to become more like him. So again, if my heart is to become like him, and if the Holy Spirit's trying to transform me into the image of Christ, right? There's a verse that talks about Christ being formed in you. Then I want to know what the mission of Jesus is. And I want to align myself with the mission of Jesus. You know, another initial thought that I had as I was working through this is, I want to suggest, you know, we're, we're big here at Toronto State Church about purpose. One of my key callings, I believe, and it really comes out of Ephesians chapter 4, where it talks about equipping the saints, is I want to see you walk in your purpose. I want to see you walk in the destiny that God has for you. I don't want to see you just come to church year after year, sit there, listen to good messages, sing a nice song, give in some offerings, but never live out the purpose that God has for you in your daily life. I want to see you live out that purpose. So we're really big on that. That's really important to us. But here's something as we talked about even this whole idea of the mission of Jesus. I want to suggest to you today that living out purpose, living out destiny, living out what God has for your life is actually going to be found in you and I committing ourselves to the mission of Jesus. It's actually not going to be found in us just trying to find out what my destiny is, what my purpose is, because you know that's, and again, I'm not against that fully and us having a heart for that, but we've got to understand the right pathway. And we begin to understand that the right pathway for this is actually embracing the mission of Jesus. And when I embrace the mission of Jesus, what it actually does is it begins to unlock and open up all the destiny and purpose and all the different pieces that he has for my life. Can I show this to you in the Bible? If you want to look with me to Matthew 10, 38 to 39. And Matthew 10, 38 to 39 says this, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Do you see that dynamic here? He said, if you try and cling to your life, in other words, this is my life, I'm gonna do what I want to do, I'm going after what works best for me, my focus is on me and me walking on my purpose and me doing what I do. Jesus actually said, if that's where your headspace is at, you're actually gonna lose your life. 
But he said, you're going to try and keep it. You're going to try and hold on to it. But he said, but if you will lose your life for my sake. In other words, you will pour my life into me. You'll pour your life into, your, the, you know, pour your life into my mission. Pour your life into my purpose. And he says, if you do that, what's going to happen? You're actually going to find real life or true life. Everybody say real life. So don't cling to your life because that means you lose it. But if you give your life for the kingdom of God, if you give your life for him, then that's where you find true life. And so in this journey of talking about the mission of Jesus, I want to do, it's real simple today, but I want to take you through some different passages where Jesus said, this is my mission. Because again, remember, we're saying as Christians, we're trying to follow him. As Christians, we're wanting the Holy Spirit to form us to be more like Christ. And we're recognizing that my destiny, my purpose, what God has for me is actually found in me giving my life to the mission of Jesus. So what is the mission of Jesus? Well, I want to go just to his words. I want to look at some different things he said. Obviously, I will not be able to give an exhaustive study in this message today. But I want to give you some key highlights of what the mission of Jesus is. Because when I know what the mission of Jesus is clearer, then I know what I need to invest my life in more. Sounds good? So let's look at Luke chapter 2, verse 49. And Luke chapter 2, verse 49, now a little bit of context for this passage. This is early on in Jesus' life. He's actually 12 years old. He has gone with his family to Jerusalem. And they've gone up for worship and for prayer. And then Jesus' family leaves to go home, but they forget Jesus. Now I'll be honest with you. When I get to heaven, I am going to have some questions for Mary and Joseph on this one. Because the Bible says they traveled like two days, and then they suddenly realized Jesus isn't with us. Now, I'm sure there's a logical explanation. I'm sure there is some, maybe some Bible scholar out there can tell me they've got the understanding of what happened, but I just can't get my head around, how did you lose Jesus for two days? Like, I can understand, like, maybe two hours, and they go, where's Jesus? I thought he was here. Like, was there some little boy running around who looked like Jesus, and they kept seeing the back of his head, and they thought it was Jesus? Or what's happening? I, I, I laugh. I mean, I just, I'm trying to picture two days, but they leave him for two days. I was cracking on my dad, because I was saying, you know, I, I, may, I definitely would not leave my kids for two days. Pastor, even if I tried, Pastor Sharon would be on me. And I said, my dad, he left one of us at the mall when we were kids and came home and then realized he left us at the mall and went back. But this is even worse than that, right? Like this, this is right out there for two days. I, I said it for service too, dad. So but at least you're here to somewhat defend yourself now. Not really. But anyways, so, so they come back and they're looking for Jesus. They're trying to find him. And finally they find him in the temple. And I don't know, now parents here tell this, have you ever had a moment with your child where you have like these simultaneous emotions of relief and anger? Stephen said every day, right? So, so on one level, like, oh, oh, Jesus. And then Mary's like, what are you thinking? You know, it's just kind of like this mixture of emotions. Say, well, what could you do? And this is what Jesus said. Jesus said in Luke 24, he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Everybody say my father's house. Now, some translations, some of you are kind of tweaking a little bit because you hear the translation, which is actually correct as well. We said, I must be about my father's business. Everybody say father's business. So we see here, he said, I must be at my father's house. It must be about my father's business. There's actually a Bible commentator who, who said it this way. I thought he said, really, if you get down to the essence of it, Jesus said, didn't you know that I must be about my father? And so the first point that I want to bring to you today in the mission of Jesus was Jesus was about his father. Jesus was about his father. 
He was about his father's house, and he was about his father's business. He was all about the father. And the same way, family, if we're going to be about the mission of Jesus, this is where it starts, that we would be about our father. And I want to ask you today, and I want you to reflect on yourself. I'm reflecting on, as I'm preaching these messages, are you about the father today, or are you and I about what the father can give us or do for us? Because if we're going to be about the mission of Jesus, it starts with being about our Father. When was the last time that you or I prayed and didn't come with a request, but just came and said, Lord, what could I do for you today? What, how, how could I advance your kingdom today? What, what can I do for you? Now, I'm not against bringing God requests because he loves it when we bring him requests. And he, he tells us to bring him requests. But I'm talking about a maturing process where I can go to him with requests, but I'm really about my father, not just what he can do for me. Not just about what he can give to me. You know, there's a maturing process, you know, talking about our kids. And, you know, you, you, you go away on a trip, maybe you come home and your kids see you and not even, hi, hey, you're back. It's just like, what'd you bring me? What'd you bring me? What'd you bring me? Now, on one level, if they're young, you kind of, oh, that's just the way it is. But in your mind, you're still thinking, we're going to have to work on that. Because it's not just about what I bring you. But how many times, guys, how many times in our relationship with God, instead of being about our Father, are we more like, what can you bring me? What did you give me? What prayer did you answer? Or you didn't answer it quickly enough or the way I wanted to or whatever, so I'm just I'm going to go to worship this week or I'm going I'm to go backslide because like, that's not being about our Father. And so the first part of the mission of Jesus is being about our Father. Now, if we're about our Father, what I love is it kind of, it, this is a very cool verse because it expands. It's okay, we're going to be about our Father's business. Now, this is not talking so much about our Father having a business with buying and selling. It's just like, you know, about your business. It's about the things that matter to Him. And that's how it also connects to the Father's house, which is also very interesting because we're going to see a, a, a very clear thread here when we talk about the mission of Jesus because God's house is not, he said in the scriptures, is not something that's made with human hands. There's nothing we could build that could contain him. What is his house? His house is living stones. Men and women who come to know him. Young people, older people, whatever. Everyone in between who come to him and the Holy Spirit makes us the temple. He comes. That's the house that God is interested in. So the first thought in being about the mission of Jesus is are we about our father? Or are we about only what our father can do for us? Everybody said, about my father. Let's look at the next passage. The next passage is going to be Matthew eleven twenty seven, And Jesus said here, he said, all things have been handed over to me by my father, and no one knows the son except the father, and no one knows the father except the son, and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. So the second point of the mission of Jesus, first and foremost, he's about his father, his father's house, his father's business. But secondly, we see here, Jesus came to reveal the father. Everybody say, reveal the father. So he came to be about his father's business, about his father's house, but they said, I'm here to reveal the father. If you look with me in John 14, verse 9, Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? So Jesus said, and this is something that's very important. If you get this point, it's going to help you understand a lot of things in the scriptures and a lot of what God said. Jesus said, if you see me, you see the father. In other words, if you want to know what God is like, look at me. I am here. Now, obviously, that was an incredibly bold statement, but he was God in the flesh, so he could make it. But he said, look at me to so see the Father. 
If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. If you want to know what God's heart for you is, look at Jesus. If you want to know about God's will in different areas of your life, look at Jesus because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Give you an example. Sometimes people struggle with, well, you know, I got the sickness. Maybe God gave it to me for some bigger purpose. And we get caught by, hold on, let's, let's go through the filter of Jesus who's perfect theology. Did Jesus ever give anybody sickness? Well, nobody answered me. It's not your question. Did Jesus ever give anybody sickness? There's nowhere. He didn't, he, I heard you, sorry, not no one answered. My brother answered me and nobody else. I got between my brother and Stephen. He's getting offended in the front row because I said nobody. But all right, here's the point is Jesus said, look at me. What we see is Jesus brought healing. Now, does that mean that God can't work through a season in your life and even in his, in his goodness still bring some good out of a hard situation or a sickness you had about? But yeah, he can do that, but he didn't give it to you and he's the one who's planning to heal you from it. Right, you need to have, but see, when you understand Jesus, it helps you say, Jesus, you see me, you see in the Father. His heart was to reveal the Father. So in the same way, when we join the mission of Jesus, it's about us catching the heart to see the Father revealed to people. It's about us catching the heart to see Father's heart revealed to any person who comes into our gathering. Seeing God's heart and seeing the Father revealed. There's so many people, guys, with all their walk through, they need a revelation of God the Father. They need a revelation of his love. They need a revelation of who he is. And so if we're on mission with Jesus, first and foremost, we're about our father. But secondly, we're about the father being revealed. Everybody say reveal the father. Let's look at another verse here. If we go to John 4, 34 to 35. And Jesus said to them, I love this. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Huge verse right there. Uh, it, it's powerful. Think of the, just how intense he said, my food. In other words, my very sustenance, my very life is to do the will of my father. So watch this. Jesus said, I'm about my father. You know, right from a young age, I'm about my father. He said, I'm here to reveal the father. And then the third thing, because you could very easily insert father in here, he's about doing his father's will. If we're going to be about the mission of Jesus, it means that something is stirring our hearts where I want to do God's will. It's a very simple concept on one level. But again, it's something that I, I started reflecting. I thought, you know what? I don't know if we talk about this enough. I don't know if we're, we're prioritizing this enough. That we would be people who are committed to do the will of God. That we are people who are committed that we want God's will in every area of our life. It's not just about what I want. It's not just about what I'm comfortable with. It's not just about what's easy for me. But there's a heartfelt prayer in our lives and our heart that says, God, what is your will? I want to see your will. I want to follow your will. It's like with the Lord's Prayer where Jesus said, our Father, watch this, he said, our Father who art in heaven. He starts with the Father. Hallowed be your name. What does he say? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's right there, guys. And yet so often, and this is that whole thing, even going back to my first point, are we about our Father or are we about what he can do for us? So often we go to God with our will, what we want, what we think needs to happen, and then we ask him to bless that. But God is looking for people, if we're going to be on mission like Jesus, we're in part of the mission of Jesus, who will start praying, Lord, and even, as, what did Jesus pray in the Garden of Gethsemane? Not my will, but your will be done. 
Because he didn't want to have to go through the cross. He understood what he was going. He said, if there's any other way, but then he finished with the prayer of consecration and dedication where he said, not my will, but your will be done. And family, I believe in these days, God is releasing a fresh move and he's looking for people and churches who are gonna rise up and truly say from their heart, God, it's not about my will, but it's about your will be done. My life is not dedicated to my will, but my life is dedicated to your will. I'm believing for what you want to see come to pass. I want to be a person who's about the will of God in my life, the will of God in everyone around me. I want to be about his will. I remember a number of years ago, I was invited to speak at a youth conference and they asked me, they said, the theme is surrender. Can you preach on surrender? So I was praying and I was trying to figure out what angle to come at it. And here's what came up in my heart. My main theme that I preached them was surrendering to God is the smartest thing you could ever do. Because he knows more than you know, he's all powerful, and he already has your life planned out. So why would you try and do it your own way? Family, it's time to stop asking Jesus to ride shotgun while you drive the car, and it's time to get out and let him start driving. Right? We, we, we put Jesus in shotgun, then we get mad when we end up in all these crazy places. Oh God, why did you let this happen? And Jesus is just looking at you going, you drove, I didn't drive. I never leave you nor forsake you, so I'm still going to be here. But would you let me drive? Because I'm much better than you are. I already mapped everything out. You don't need Google Maps. You got the Holy Spirit. Just let me drive. Guys, I, I, feel this is, I feel this word for somebody today because you keep trying to drive and then you keep wondering why you end up in messes. Jesus, let him drive. Get about his will for your life. Trust him. And there's always going to be, oh man, I'm talking to somebody. There's always going to be a point of conflict in your life where you have a fork in the road and you know God's way, but you want to go your way. And if you keep going your way, you're going to keep ending up in all kinds of problem places. Stop going your way and trust him to go his way. And usually the reason we struggle is because his way seems harder. His way seems narrow. Our flesh wants to go our way. I'm lonely. My biological clock is ticking. This is happening. That is happening. Whatever we say and we keep going our way and then we wonder why we keep running off the cliff. Good preaching, pastor. All right, I'll cheer myself on because listen, let's be about the will of God, right? Let's be about his will. Get out of the driver's seat. Listen, if you can't keep your mouth shut, go into the back seat. Just tape your mouth shut for a while and let Jesus take you where you need to go. Get an accountability party. Say, you sit in the front seat. I don't trust myself. I keep trying to take the wheel back from Jesus. And that's why you need some good people around you. Somebody just to give you a little slap in the back of the head. Stop trying to take the wheel. Someone tell your neighbor, don't take the wheel. So let's be about his will. Right? Let's be about his will. And what I love this, watch the theme again. It goes to verse 35. Do you not say there are four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift your eyes and see the field is white for harvest. Now, when I read this this morning, I was preparing, I had this flashback to when I just started the Bible study that was going to become the Toronto uh, Church Without Limits. So we'd started in this motorcycle shop. Chris, you remember those days. Chris is back there. And so I, I couldn't find house to rent. So we started in my buddy's motorcycle shop. He's a Christian. I don't know what he was thinking, but he let me in there with a bunch of teenagers. I was bare. I was 20 myself. So I just got started going on. The looks on parents' faces when they used to pull up to the motorcycle shop for Bible study. And I remember we had, I, I'd go in every week, we'd set out the chairs, we'd do worship to a CD. And so we have that, and I mean, it would go great until the CD skipped, you know, so we'd be like, shout to the Lord, la, 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 
So I'd just be like, next song, okay, let's just keep going. I got really good though. I could go from track two to track eight without even opening my eyes or getting out of the spirit. I just, I got really good. But when we actually started the church, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I will obey you, but I need a worship leader. I said, I'm not doing the CD thing anymore. And there was no worship leader. I mean, I'm talking about, we're getting closer. I'm like, Lord, I kept going back. Lord, you know the worship leader, right? Like we need the worship leader. I said I would do this, but please, I need a worship leader. And so about three weeks before the church starts, no worship leader. One day I look at Rebecca Adjuman, who was up here leading worship today. And she just happens to me, she says, oh yeah, I play a piano. I went, what? <laughs> She'd been part of our team the whole time. She's like, yeah, I sing worship. What? I mean, she say, I said, you're, you're telling me this now? I've been stressing going after the Lord for months, and now you want to tell me? Or So Rebecca was our first worship leader, and I love that she's still here, and we get to worship together. So anyways, we had this whole group of young people. We're kind of radical and wild and you know, young and dumb, but zeal, passion. So we had a youth. Uh, there was an Eastern Ontario Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. They did a, a youth leadership weekend. So I took a bunch of the kids. Now, we were out in the suburbs, Ajax, Pickering, but we were, we were technically city kids, right? So we're going, I'm, I'm going to take you guys to Belleville. I don't think any of them had ever been to Belleville before in their life. And so we drove out to Belleville, and I can see everyone's kind of, this is a lot of country, Brendan. You know, they're kind of, wasn't pastor back then. So we walk in, we pull up to the church in Belleville. I go to park the car. I come back, and I see two of the young ladies marching towards me with a head of steam. They look angry. And I'm thinking, What happened? I literally just let you in. What could have gone on by this point? It was Maxine and Carla. And so they come up to me and they, they look at me. And they said, we want to know the meaning of this. And they point back inside. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So I go inside. They said, that on the wall. And on the wall, it said, white for harvest. <laughs> so, so they're thinking, and I'm like, guys, oh. I'm like, it's a memory verse. It's from the Bible. It's not saying we're only going for white people for harvest. Right, that they thought I brought them to some white supremacist kind of white for harvest church, and they're all like, I'm like, it's a memory verse. I remember one of the other young guys in those early days. Like I said, we're really raw. He, he was having the hardest time figuring out how Joshua could be the son of Nun when nuns didn't have children. <laughs> so he was, he was really like, this was a very perplexing question. So between Joshua the son of Nun and white for harvest, See, the whole point this verse is talking about is it's talking about the, when, when the grain is ripe and when it's ready to be harvested, on the tops of the grain, it kind of it, it, it expands. It becomes white. You can see the white in the field. That's, that's what he's talking about, right? And so the whole point, though, but watch this. He said about the will of the Father. And then what did he say? He said the will of the Father, and he said, and then he starts talking about the harvest, he starts talking about this harvest. He starts talking about it. Let's, let's move to two more verses really quick. Number, the next verse, Luke 19, 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I think this verse preaches itself. I don't know if I have to give a whole lot of explanation, but Jesus said, we're talking about the mission of Jesus, right? So watch this. He said, I'm going to be about my Father, His business in His house. I want to reveal the Father. And then He says, I want to do the Father's will. And now he says, I'm here to seek and save the lost. And family, I want to encourage you in the middle of all that we're walking through. I don't know maybe what the circumstances and situations you're facing right now. I don't know the areas that God needs to bring healing to your heart. It's been a challenging couple of years for all of us. But here's why I want to encourage you in the middle of it all. 
Let's continue to have this heart and let's continue to grow in this heart that Jesus had to seek and save those who were lost. Because even if you and I maybe are facing some hard things today, we're in some difficult circumstances, we still have Jesus. We have been saved. We have been given so much. And if we sit and wait till we feel totally healed, totally good, everything's perfect, our theology's all great, before we start trying to reach out to somebody else, the love of Jesus, we're never going to get there. And sometimes you might be in a really hard space, but there's something that happens when you get outside of yourself and you say, I'm going to reach out to somebody else. I'm going to minister to somebody else. I'm going to love on somebody else, even if it's just a little thing. Even if it's just, you might be going through so much, but I want to encourage you, don't become insular. Don't just sit there and let it run over you. Make a conscious decision. I'm going to do something to reach somebody with the love of Jesus. Even if it seems totally ineffective, even if I don't even know, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something to reach out, to seek and save the lost. That's the mission that Jesus came with. And so he revealed the Father. He wanted to do the Father's will. He had this heart to seek and save the lost, which you know is God's heart. And it's going to lead me to the last verse. And if Mike wants to come back and the worship team can come back. Mark 10, 45 says this, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we're talking about the mission of Jesus. Jesus said, I came to serve. Now I think a lot of times we don't, we don't really get how incredible this statement is. This is the God of the universe. If there's anybody that would deserve to stand up and say, you're going to serve me, it would have been him. And he would have been totally right to say that. He would, it's not just some man popping off. This was God in the flesh. And yet he said, I'm not here to be served. Even though I fully deserve it, but I'm here to serve. And I give my life as a ransom for many. What does this say to me? This says to me that if I'm going to if I'm going to get involved in the mission of Jesus, then I, I need to serve. I was saying to our first service crowd, if you, you know, because a lot now, we pastoring, I've been doing this for a long time. There's a lot of things that just get built into your life. But if you were to, you know, I stopped pastoring, pick me up, just drop me in another part of the country. You know, obviously besides figuring out where I'm going to live and that kind of stuff. First thing I do, I go find a church family. I, I go and say, okay, God, what's your will? I wouldn't go, which church do I like? Which church seems cool? I'd say, God, what's your will? Where do you want me to be? Because I know if I'm where you want me to be, everything I need is going to be there. Some of the reasons we don't have provision is God's provision for us is where he called us to be. And if we're not where we're supposed to be, we're saying, God, well, you're not providing for me. He's like, actually, I did provide for you. It's like uh, Elijah, when God told him, go to the brook, uh, brook Zarephath, and I'm going to provide for you there. Well, if Elijah said, well, I'm just going to go over to the Jordan. It's closer, it's nicer, it's easier. I'm going to the Jordan. He's like, God, how come there's no raven, there's no meat? And God says, well, actually, it's over there at the brook Zarephath. That's why I told you to go. If you get where I'm supposed to be, then you're going to see the provision you're supposed to get. But see, I go find a church family, and I get committed to it, and then I start finding a way to serve. If I had to stack chairs, I'll do something because there's something in my life that comes alive when I choose to serve. But that's because I'm following the footsteps of Jesus. He was the greatest servant of all time. Right? It says in Philippians 2 verse 5, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. He literally lived this out for us, guys. He lived this out for us to serve. 
And so I want to encourage you today, even as we're starting this series. Now, I know that segues really well into join the team this month, go to a table, sign up to serve. That's not even what I'm trying to get at right now. Whether it's in here, whether it's out there, some way you need, there's just, there's so much that comes alive in your faith and discipleship when you start serving other people. And if you make everything about yourself, I'm going to tell you, it's like a swamp. You get all this stuff. God, fill me up. God, fill me up. God, fill me up. Sometimes God's like, well, what are you doing with what I'm giving you? I fill you so you can go spill on somebody else. I fill you so you can minister out of the overflow. But if all I'm ever doing is just fill me, you know, love me, God, bless me, fill me up, God, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. God's not against all that, but a lot of times he's trying to get it to you so he can get it through you to minister to other people so you can serve, so you can seek and save the lost, so you can be about his will and not just using him to try and accomplish your will. So this is the heart. Deeper mission. Will we allow God to take us deeper in the mission of Jesus? And will we, because he's going to help us. We don't have to do it in our own strength. But will we have that heart and say, yes, God, I want to live out your mission. So here's what I'll ask. We're going to bring this to a close. If you're, just let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And I want to invite you to join me in praying a simple prayer. And if you're with me, you're saying, I want to go deeper in the mission of Jesus. I want to go deeper in being about the Father. I want to go deeper in revealing the Father to others. I want to go deeper in being about His will. I want to go deeper in seeking and saving lost. I want to go deeper in serving and being someone who has that servant heart like Jesus did. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand wherever you are. And I'm raising my hand because I'm saying I want to go deeper in this. Just all across this place, if you say I want to go deeper. So Father, we come before you in Jesus' name today. And we ask each one of us Take us deeper, Father. Take us deeper in the mission of Jesus. Take us deeper in being about our Father. Take us deeper in being about your will. Take us deeper in seeking and saving the lost. Take us deeper in serving and having that servant heart. Holy Spirit, I ask for every one of us today, do this work in us. Do it in each one of us. Stir it up in our hearts in Jesus' name. Now, just with head bowed and eyes closed, because I always give this opportunity, and you can put your hand down for a moment, but if you are in this place and you know you need to be right with God, maybe you're listening to me today and you know you need to give your life to Jesus, or maybe you know you need to give your life back to Jesus. Maybe you're tuning in online and you know you need to get right with Him. Today's your day. Don't wait another day. Don't say, I'll wait till this or wait till that. Today is your day. And so if that's you, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to give your life back to him. I want you to just put your hand up wherever you are. If you say, I need to give my life to him. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you. I see a hand back there. I see another hand back there. So anybody else that says, I know I need to be right with God. I know I need to be right with him. Amen. All right, so let's do this. Let's pray this prayer together. I want us all to pray it. But if you said it, if you raised your hand or you know you should have, I want you to pray it from your heart. Say, Jesus... Come on, let's all pray this together. Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you came for me. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin and I commit my heart to you. Fill me, free me, forgive me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name.
And everyone agreed, said, amen, amen. Can we do this? Can we all stand to our feet? Yo, just even as we talked about being about our Father, I felt the best way to close today would just be to close with a song of worship. So before we go out today, before we go about our day, I just want to invite you to join the team. And let's just, let's lift them up for a few more moments. If I can have connection leaders come forward across the front. And I want to ask if you raised your hand to give your life to Jesus or to give your life back to him. Or if you just need prayer for something. I want to invite you just to come forward just during this time. And they're going to pray with you today. And they're going to just really pray and connect with you. So if you want to come across, God bless you. Come on. And I just need some more of the leaders that want to come forward. Let's give a hand as people are coming. And these leaders are just here to pray with you, to minister to you. So let's just take a moment to worship before we close out today. And again, if you need prayer for something, please come forward. And our leaders will be across. You can just come to one of them. They'll be glad to pray with you. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. You can sing it out. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Say, worthy is the, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is he. So we sing a new song. Holy, holy. 
And so, Father, we just thank you today. You are the King of kings. You are everything. We adore you. And I pray that each one of us, our hearts will just be marked today in a fresh way regarding the mission of Jesus. Lord, we, we just thank you for all that you're doing. Take us deeper in the name of Jesus. And everyone who agreed with me said, amen. We're going to have some continued prayer. Um, if anyone needs prayer, there's going to be some continued prayer for you. Uh, as well as you go, if you're a first-time guest, we got a Starbucks gift card we'd love to bless you with, and thank you for joining us. Go to the Connect table. If you want to learn more about serving in ministry, go to one of the tables. You can learn more. And gentlemen, this Saturday, men's breakfast, 9 a.m., Brotherhood Bacon, want to see you there. Just make sure you sign up online. God bless you. Have an amazing rest of your Sunday. And let's go deeper in this. Amen, guys? Amen.